eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, Patriots fans, and welcome to the latest and always greatest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a presentation of WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. We've got a full boat today, manned by some of the finest voices in Patriots Nation today. And do we have, uh, speaking of full boats, uh, we have a belly of the Mayflower packed edition of today's show. We've got a Patriots-Jets game to review. We've got quarterback distress with fragments of Patriots Nation on one side and the other in judgment of his play and future, plus the wildest trade deadline any of us can remember in recent NFL history. And where would we be without a final segment chock full of Pat's Paris? Let's bring in the crew today. In the left corner, in the southeast corner of Massachusetts, he is the angriest little fella chock full of nerdy opinions in the world, the one, the only, at Jumbo Hart, Andy Hart. What's up, Andy? Hi, fellas. Yeah, I'm a I'm a newly minted nerd. I'm, I didn't know it, but I've been told many times on Twitter this week I'm a nerd. So I'll, I'm going to embrace it. He's the captain of the Troll Patrol, and I am the first lieutenant of the Fraud Squad. And now we bring in everybody's favorite voice on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, the producer of the Greg Hill Morning Show and newly minted El Capitan of his followers, the DVOA holes, the one, the only at Shime Time. Primetime himself, Chris Shime. Hello, Shime. Hi, guys. What's up? I am the king a-hole in this DVOA hole group. <laughs> the biggest a-hole I know. Damn right. The biggest, Never forget it. Oh, the, the, the champion DVOA hole. All right. Boys, uh, obviously, we all want to talk trade deadline because it was meaty and it was juicy and there was so much going on. And, of course, your New England Patriots, <laughs> as predicted, and nada, a big old nothing burger. We are recording this about quarter after four, so trades could trickle in if they do. And we jump in with some Pat's trade news in the first segment. You will allow or please do excuse, but let's get rolling, guys. Patriots two days removed from their 22-17 victory over the New York Jetropolitans at JetLife Stadium. Andy and I on Sunday night, Six Rings postgame show, dubbed it more of a Jets loss than a Patriots win. But the conversation since then, and I, that, that would be a take, I think, that is very difficult to disagree with. Obviously, someone's got to win them. Someone's got to lose them. And Zach Wilson show was good at it. And Andy, side note, I'm very happy there's been a lot of clap back towards Zach Wilson since uh, we deemed him king of the dinks on Sunday night for going up to the podium, full uniform, 
chewing a piece of gum, acting like, yeah, well, they're stewed in two weeks, but wad. It was truly one of the dink moments of the season. Yeah, he's a dink. And unfortunately, if you're Robert Sala, because I kind of like Robert Sala. Same. Um, <laughs> you're attached to that dink at the hip and your career is kind of going where that dink is taking you. <laughs> Sala also told the fans to show up early. So there's a lot of dinkage going on in New York. To yeah, me. they didn't was- listen either because I saw the CBS broadcast and the place. They were like, you know, there might be a few more here, but the seats were still half empty, empty at uh, game. Time. That's because yeah. and I was at the tailgate right until 1230. All of the gaba ghouls, if you will, the. The salt, no, the salty, the salty okay? meat filled, no, it, the Italian yeah. undead, the Gabba Ghouls. J A G H O U L. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah that's oh, what okay. I did. Yeah, it was like a Halloween costume. I got gotcha. you. Up with like the, like Sopranos members. I was on the same zombies. wavelength. I understood. Hey, I'm a Gabba Ghoul. Um, they were all outside, just clapping at Patriots fans, doing the J E T S chant, proving they can still sm- spell and smell, obviously. Uh, and they and they missed the, you know, like all the hype. I mean, it was Debrickishaw, Ferguson, Ring of Honor Day, but. We digress. Let's not get caught up in the weeds of Jets fandom and their sad, sorry state. Boy, they were so hyped for that game. Let's get to the main point in Pat's Nation now, which is the Mac Jones debate. People continue. There's clapback left and right as to why he's regressed, why he's having trouble making any progress, let alone significant strides forward, which I think we all can agree we thought was the prime goal and main directive of this season was to help Mac Jones improve so that, you know, he is the centerpiece and building block, your franchise quarterback. So uh, I would like to get you, Andy, first, so Shime can read and react to that as well. I'm kind of familiar with your takes on it, but let me just put it this way. Mac Jones, do you believe now, after having had a chance to review the game and all the talking we've done since, is the main reason why Mac is struggling, is it because of the weaponry around him? the the woe line, if you will, and their issues and injuries, the coaching staff himself, or is it sort of like a, a buffet therein? Well, I wanted to say yes after the first three options because <laughs> I don't know how you can eliminate those. Like, I'm not totally eliminating his portion of the blame. He has let those, I think, adversely affect him. But let's just look in Green Bay, where maybe one of the most talented three quarterbacks of all time is as frustrated as anybody. And why is that? Well, he's got a lot of issues going on around him. And I would even argue he doesn't have the coaching issue. He has the same coach, the same place, call it the same scheme. So Mac has some of the issues Aaron Rodgers has, plus a new scheme, which is coming from a defensive mind and all the things that we've talked about. So I've been really interested with how quickly Shime aside here, because we know Shime has hated Mac Jones from day one. He hated him when he was good last year. He hates him when he's crappy this year. But so many people that were once like, in Mac, we trust people have turned their back on him. And I don't really understand how you can do it when you look at Kendrick Bourne does nothing. Nelson Aguilar does nothing. John o. Smith does nothing. Cole Strange suddenly stinks. The right tackle has stunk all year. Like there are so many issues I would list on this team before I would even start to kind of embrace the idea that Mac is the problem. So it's where we started the year, right? We talked about all these things in the offseason, offensive line, weapons, and coaching. They're all problems. Well, and like, it, to be fair, like before the season started, I didn't think Mac Jones would be this bad. Like I said to you, I think the offensive line is going to be a major issue. And I, I, I just, I don't think there's enough talent on this team to succeed. And so both of those things I think are true. And now Mac is struggling and regressing. He's, he's making bad decisions on top of all of the bad things going on around him. So I, I think it's almost like compounding the issue, right? 
mm-hmm. if if those things were good, Mac would probably be fine. Like he would be the same he was last year. It's I, I don't think I, I don't know. I can't say that he would take a step forward or backward because I just I don't know. It's a situation unknown to us. But for what happened right now, everything is compounding and it is it is turning ugly fast. Yeah, it's getting really ugly quickly in terms of on-field play as well as the off-field discussion as well. Now, there are the, um, I, I guess they call them, uh, on Merloni 4A and Mego, they were calling the All-22 Platoon or the All-22 Brigade. <laughs> the people that are coming in, having watched film, reviewing Mac Jones' last couple of starts, efforts, et cetera, saying he's doing a better job than people are giving him credit for. He's processing well, having a hard time executing with the talent around him. And yet still, though, there are some plays that you could clearly see like he just has made a bad decision. Poor Ahemplo, the pick six that wasn't, uh, were it not for a wildly overaggressive play by the three-named Jets defensive lineman, that could have been a game-sealing pick six that would have uh, sealed the Patriots' fate well before Zach Wilson threw the game back into the hands of the Patriots. Or how about the one, Andy, that he doinked off of Isaiah Wynn's head that was an easy pick for C.J. Mosley. The doink actually threw it threw off the trajectory of him picking off that ball. So maybe he's preventing some interceptions or saving their bacon on some plays, but then there's some where it's just like, what the hell is making him make these decisions? Uh, I would say a lack of comfort, lack of confidence. I, I think, and I said this to you, Fitzy, on our post-game show, like, the the lack of confidence in the coaching and the and the scheme, the lack of confidence in the guys protecting you, and a lack of confidence in the weapons to get open and be where you expect them to be, that is a terrible recipe for a quarterback to go back there. Because what do you like? What do you feel good about? It's not like I'm not sure what the receivers will do, but I have a great line, so I'm going to have plenty of time to figure out what they're doing. Nope, that's not or. I don't have any protection, but I sure as heck know they're going to be where they're supposed to be, so I'm going to throw to spots. Nope, you can't do that either. And then you can't even count on, you know what we really have? We got a scheme that's going to get everybody open really quickly so I can get, like, none of that is true for him. So I, I've i become a little bit of a Mac apologist because I feel, I've even though I don't like him, and I've told you I don't really think he's a very likable guy, quote-unquote, his personality and the way he but <laughs> the way he's just under so much fire on and off the field – I've started to kind of defend him because I feel like he's in a no-win spot right now, just based on everything that's going on around him. Yeah, so it, it's, it's, I want to. I want to ask you straight up. Um, now I know, obviously, never a big Mac Jones fan, and you highlighted some issues earlier before, and I want to get to whatever you're just going to say too. But let's just right on the old spot right now. Would you make the switch to Bailey Zappi? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I wouldn't even hesitate. Like, and I, I think Belichick. I think you Belichick showed you that he is thinking about the exact same thing by pulling him after three drives and one interception in that Bears game. Like he he was hesitating with the idea of do I just ride the hot hand or do I go back to Mac? Like it's and it's not even and again I I said this on the air this morning. Um, like it's not that I think Bailey Zappi is some Tom Brady savior guy. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the next coming. I don't think he's a career starter in the NFL. Hell, I don't think that he's much. I don't think that he's better than Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is better, but I just think the way the offense runs with Bailey Zappi, it's point and shoot, right? They don't. They're not asking him to do anything, and and I don't know why they won't just tell Mac to point and shoot. But with Zappi, that's what it is. It's run the football, play action, point and shoot, and and it's simple. 
And, you know, yesterday for Halloween, as a jokester, I wore a costume. I was the ghost that Mac Jones is seeing on the football field. To Mac oh. Jones' credit, oh, hey, no. let me finish. Let me finish. To Mac Jones's credit, those ghosts aren't all his fault. As Andy pointed out, it's the, the weapons aren't always open. The offensive line is a disaster. And the coaches, for whatever reason, are scheming things up differently for him than they are for Bailey Zappi. And so I don't think that ghost necessarily is an entirely a result of him. And that's saying a lot for a guy who is giving all the, being given all the ammo possible to just continue to fire away at this guy, a guy that I don't particularly think is any good anyways. So it's like, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm realistic about the situation, I think, when it comes to Mac Jones. So what is it? So what's going to make things, what's going to turn things around for Mac Jones? Cause obviously we're not going to jump in here with like, Oh, breaking news. The Patriots got Devonte Adams out of, uh, you know, Vegas, or they did something more, or it will be Jay to the Pats. That's not happening. Th yeah, this Andy, is basically the team I, they're sticking with. I don't know what your thought is, but like the only thing I can think of is that Mac and the offensive coordinators or the offensive coaches, AKA Matt Patricia and Joe judge need to get on the same page. Somehow, some way somebody has to get on the same page or somebody has to leave. Yeah. Um, the, the short answer is I don't think this is going to be a good offense this year. I, I, I just don't. I think we're midway through the season, basically, you know, mid-season form. They call it that for a reason. That's kind of you are who you are at that point, barring dramatic changes. And I don't think those are coming. And I do think, you know, sort of Shime's right, getting on the same page, continuing. Now, one thing that'll help is this star power turn for Ramondre Stevenson. If you can get Ramondre Stevenson to do what he's doing, okay, now at least I have one thing I can count on to build on. If he can rush for 80-plus yards a week and catch five or six balls and run after catch and be that kind of a, a guy, that'll help them. Um, I do think the one thing I'll disagree with Shime on, I do think Shime was right in the Bears game. I think Bill Belichick was torn. I think Bill Belichick was feeling emotional like the fans, the hot mm -hmm. hand, the whole thing. I think that has gone I think Bill Belichick this week has reinvested in Mac Jones. I think he is all in on Mac Jones once again. And I think he needs to be because that's the reality of the situation. Like I joked about Robert Sala being tied at the hip to, to Zach Wilson. Bill Belichick is tied at the aging hip of uh, Mac Jones, right? Like that's who they are. Like that's you decided that's your franchise quarterback mm -hmm. for now. You need to find a way to make it work. And I don't think Bill was doing any, any help with all the inconsistencies of you know, day by day and, you know, not real. Now it's defending Max picks. Now it's talking about Max toughness this week and who, who Mac is as a quarterback. And I think that's good. I think that's a step in the bill's first direction towards maybe getting everybody on the same page. But the, the short answer to the long question at best, you're a middling offense this year. And I'll talk to you in the off season about ways we can get better. Okay. So let's walk it down the road a little bit. The Patriots, some weeks look a little better than others. Maybe depending on the opponent, they could look like they did against the lions, which is powerhouse run some effective play action at best. There'll lions be some weeks stink. also. I know they're awful. I'm saying, but like, at least it's not about the opponent. It's about, it's about the final score and the stat line. And we can, we're not talking about deluding ourselves into thinking all of a sudden they've turned everything around, but let's say they uh, have some their people are some people okay. are some will some people but, are getting excited some people are like wait a minute they're a half game out of the playoffs whoa they could even end up making the playoffs for some all people know. in this town called the cincinnati bengals a layup later in the year a layup and that Oops. person happens to be a former nfl player who's um employed talking about the team at all times including on game day during the period of 1 to 4 p.m and that person is out of his ever loving mind 
Yeah, the Bengals. That's uh, in case you didn't get it. <laughs> okay. They lost by 19 points, 19 <clears throat> points on Monday Night Football to the Browns in still. Excuse I will me, not didn't move the Patriots get their ass whooped less than a week ago by the Chicago effing Bears at home on Monday Night Football? Yes, they did. Andy. You yeah, don't they... get to circle a layup for anybody. Nope. No, stupid layup machine no, but then away. they beat the Browns by 23, and the Browns beat the – the Browns beat the Bengals by 19. Be fair, we should beat the Browns. We should beat the Bengals on Christmas Eve by 40. Yeah. Well, the Bengals also didn't have Jamar Chase. They're going to have yeah. him back for that Patriots. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I, and I think, I think that's, that's a an issue. Uh, oh. We don't need to get into it. The hip? These hip injuries that, oh, he's going to oh. get a second opinion. Oh, and, and four games off. No, he's not going to. He'll be back. He's going to. My, my prediction, this is just my 20 years covering the NFL prediction. That's going to be an issue throughout the remainder of the season. Because I heard, I th- I want to say it was Schrager, but I don't want to miss. I don't I don't want to miss give the information whoever okay. said it. Regardless. It was Mike Sharedopolo Pizarro. <laughs> yeah, somebody. Uh, I, I think they said he might even be back early. Then yeah, no, 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 put no, him they, on injured reserve. About that. He's not on I, IR. I think it's going to be a debacle. Oh, okay. Because that offense looked stagnant last night against them. Be that <laughs> as it may. So let's say the Patriots offense has its ups and downs the rest of the season. Hell, let's say they get finished nine and eight and somehow sneak into the playoffs. Does anyone, (laughs) I know it's hilarious, right? Does anyone feel any better about this team? And if they are going to, if they're going to try to ride out Mac Jones this season to figure out what they have, I mean, do you really think that Zappi doesn't see the field anymore this season that Belichick won't go with? We had to make a decision on who we thought would be best to help the team win. I do not think, barring an injury to Mac Jones, I do not think you will see Bailey Zappi again. Yeah, I, uh, with, I, I can't rule that out. I think with the way he's throwing interceptions, like I still wouldn't have ruled out the fact that you would have seen Bailey Zappi if that pick six was a legit pick six. Nor did, uh, well, well, even when it wasn't a legit pick six, the CBS halftime show was discussing whether they would yeah. see Bill, Bill Cower brought it up. Now, I the couldn't guy, believe uh, that. Was all in that you would like. And so I think if you're in a game again with multiple back-breaking interceptions, I think the thought will cross Bill Belichick's mind again, and there's a chance. Wow. That's absolutely wild. See, I don't think you're going to see – I think barring horrific in-game circumstances, we're talking three interceptions in the first half where he just plays so badly that he's embarrassing himself and the team. I'm not even concerned about his future stock. I mean, just so bad that you have to pull the guy – I'm with Andy. I'd say barring injury or a cataclysmic performance in a game, you stick with Mac the rest of the way. And then in the offseason, if they don't, if they aren't happy with him and this offensive brain trust sticks around, that might be it. Like that, like we could literally be watching Mac Jones have a half season audition for his job just a year removed from, oh my God, I can't believe they found their franchise QB just a year and a half after Tom Brady. Well, I do actually think his career was on the line with that pick six flag. <laughs> I really do. I think butterfly effect, that changes everything. You go down 17 to three. I think you're probably going to get blown out the by Jets. the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Jets, And I think Max, all the questions surrounding Mac are on like steroids, just blowing up. But it wasn't. They get a field goal. He gets the opening drive to the second half. And then, oh, by the way, Zach Wilson is the one who's put in the spotlight and craps his pants and is now so... But that was a huge flag for his career, for this season, and for everything involved. I think you see Flacco before you see Bailey Zappi as well. The opinion war on Mac Jones rages on. Of course, we'll have plenty of shows, plenty of pods, everything you need on WEI and, of course, the Six Rings podcast. 
Give a follow, rate, review, subscribe. Go ahead, tell your friends. We are at Six Rings Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Six Rings Pod at Gmail if you would like to submit a question for the Mailbag Pod or any other commentary therein. Hell, tell us what you think about Mac Jones and if he's going to be the future in Foxborough or not. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Moving right along here on the latest Six Rings podcast, the trade deadline has come and gone. And your New England Patriots did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. I uh, I have to start by saying I ripped Heim Bloom for sitting on the fence. So I must, in fact, stay consistent and rip Bill Belichick for staying on the fence. You had to buy. You had to sell. You had to do something. Something. One way or the other. You had to make a decision and you didn't. And that is bad management. I have to be consistent. So that's what I'll say. Shime, if this team is going to go either, if this team is either going to go nine and eight, eight and nine, or at best 10 and seven, let's say best case scenario, they go 10 and seven. How could you look at this squad right now and not think, well, had they actually bolstered their offensive line depth, linebacker depth, wide receiver room, et cetera, that they couldn't have maybe scored a few more points, protected the quarterback better, prevented a few points, or ultimately won another game. Like I'm stunned. I mean, gone are the days of who I can't wait to see which reclamation project? Kyle Van Noy, Jonathan Casillas, Akeem Ayers, guy, uh, Akeem Hicks, actually, even 2015. Guys who ultimately came in and made a difference on the team. Those days are gone. The Patriots kind of just don't do shit at this point at, at the trade deadline. Meanwhile, the rest of the league, let alone your own division, the Bills just traded Zach Moss for Naeem Hines from the Colts. So now they get they go from backup running back to third down pass catching back who can actually handle the starting running back load if need be. That makes an already dangerous offense even better. Jeff Wilson went to Miami to replace Chase Edmonds, who was sent to Denver in the Bradley Chubb trade. Now one of the best defensive linemen slash edge linebacker rushers, whatever you want to call him, Andy, now is in the division on the Dolphins. Like, they're buying in on themselves. They're going for it. Like, at best, the Patriots are going to finish third probably in the AFC East now, while Buffalo and Miami – are, you know, uh, to, as, as Chevy Chase said in European vacation, they're going to porker Russ. Like they're, they're going for it. Like Roquan Smith to the Ravens for a song, a second and a fifth for a stud linebacker like that. And the Pats did nothing. Yeah. I would have been a seller. Uh, if I were the yeah. Patriots, I would have sure. sold off. I mean, first of all, I would have 
just thrown away Isaiah Wynn. I'm done with him. Um, I would have given him up for absolutely anything. And I, I don't know if there was zero interest on the open market. I know there's the Kendrick Bourne talk. Um, I would have, un, you know, certainly if you're not going to resign these receivers, uh, Jacoby Myers, trade him. Like, or get Damian Harris. Like, you know what Ramondre is now. You know yep. he's a guy, your guy. Like, what Harris is expendable. And he, to, to, to also be fair, he hasn't looked good since he came back either. So it just makes it easier for you to be like, yeah, we just got to move on from this guy. And, and Ramondre you, is the guy. You have two rookie running backs. And I just, I, I think Shime is right. I think they're middling it. And they are a middling team. So that's probably appropriate. They're, they're not going to win anything. So I can understand not, you know, over investing but i said to to mutt when i talked to him about this on his show the one thing i would do as like a big move like roquan smith for example if you were all in on him you can trade for him and sign him and then he's yep. part of the 23 24 25 future the plan we know they need linebackers we know they need that so i don't think it was an impossibility if the right deal tj hawkinson tj hawkinson going to the vikings if you love him and they're thinking of signing him later we'll trade for him and do the deal now get him done get him in the offense to add another piece to the future um so i was really really um i wasn't stunned because i wasn't sure how they were going to handle it but i would have sold I, I just i don't know what they think they are right now. well i think honest. belichick feels that, like that's the question andy what the heck are the patriots if they don't want to sell off things other teams will give you fourth or fifth rounders for which they could maybe turn into a future marcus jones or jack jones shine yeah, they've been drafting well right we want this, more yeah, picks that's what that's so, what makes no so, sense to me so what is the it's hell? like belichick loves to maximize assets and get trade he loves his draft picks and he has to his credit been drafting really well the last couple of years why wouldn't you be selling some of these fringe guys on your roster that other teams would want for second and third day picks and just move on? Like it's, it feels like he like, cause, and then he's also not buying anything. So he's clearly not convinced they can win, but like, he doesn't want to give up on the season or like right. give up on these players. He doesn't, he doesn't want to come off like that to these guys, but from a GM perspective, that's, Bad decision making. And it's not like he hasn't done it before. Cause I know yeah. people will be like the Lombardis of the world might say, you know, Bill will never give up on a season and sell off. A no, you traded Jamie Collins when he was your best defensive player. He's done it before he was going into free agency. You traded Jamie Collins. And I know he was your best defensive player. Cause Devin McCourty right. stood at his locker and goes, I don't know how we got better by trading our best defensive player. So you could have easily traded Isaiah Wynn and filed it under Jamie Collins, right? Uh, an that was uh, in 2016. Flat. Cause he freelanced in the Buffalo game. Right. And then you brought him back like eight times after that, that you hated him so much. Um, but like Isaiah Wynn, like he is clearly a pain in the ass. He's feuding with Mike Reese. Now you're at the end of your Insane. rope. You're not good. Get the hell out, get something for him. And I know other teams probably look at, he leads the NFL in penalties. Oh, he's had some, but he clearly is sulking all year. Mm -hmm. And there's just not enough linemen to go around in the NFL. I have to think somebody would say, yeah, I'll give you a fourth round pick, fifth round pick, conditional pick, whatever, to take him off your hands. So I just. Wouldn't it yeah. have to be a better deal, though, Andy, than the comp pick they're going to get for him likely whenever he leaves? Yeah, what's the comp pick? Fourth well, no, they pick? only get a comp pick depending on the contract. The contract. Has. No one's yeah. going to sign him to a good contract. You're not getting yeah, a good contract. So you're not, not getting, getting a, a six-year, $80 million deal like Joe Tooney, so you get a third round pick. 
Right. He's going to get a one-year deal, in my opinion. I think he's going to get a prove-it deal next year somewhere to go play tackle and earn whatever the next contract is. The guy's not that good. Then send him to Dallas. Send him to Philadelphia. Send him to a contender that wants to bolster their offensive line. Send him to Minnesota. Anywhere. Take a fourth or a fifth. Yeah, because you could then turn that. We're stuck with that a-hole. Use that capital capital to be able to pull off a Roquan Smith trade. And I don't care. I do not want to hear from anybody like, Bill never pays these guys. You know, they don't have the, first of all, they're going to have one of the top five calories, cap, calorie, salary cap spaces next year. So they'd be able to pay whoever they damn well please, depending on what their priorities are. And, oh, well, the NFL is getting quicker and you don't want to have the big linebackers anymore. Uh, Roquan Smith has over 600 tackles since he entered the NFL. He has the most tackles in the NFL since entering the league. Tell me how a guy like that doesn't fit into the future in Foxborough. Well, for a second and a fifth. Pride, he probably didn't want to pay him. I mean, that, yeah, it's that, that is the one side of it I will I'll go with Bill a little bit is it's exhausting. The second, the fifth, and whatever you give up is a lot for money, right? Like that's that's always that give and take with with like a franchise player. Yeah, I'd love him. I'd pay him or I'd trade for him, but I don't want to trade for him and pay him. I don't want to double up on the compensation, which for a team that does have a lot of holes and does need to fill a lot of needs like giving up a say a second and a fifth say that deal second and a fifth Mm -hmm. and 60 million dollars 70 million dollars well you're putting a lot of assets into Roquan Smith does that make you that much better or is that too much do you need that second round pick to get an offensive lineman and then you spend the money on a linebacker and free agency and now I've filled two holes with the same amount of compensation well and so uh, the other issue too is is if you feel like mac is the guy then yet you should be maximizing the rookie contract and you're Mm -hmm. not doing that because then once you have to pay a quarterback that's when everything goes downhill look at every other team (laughs) look at the packers they're too busy paying aaron Rodgers 50 million dollars a year that they had to trade away Devontae adams and their offense is a disaster because of it in the toilet at like, this point it, now, it, like the one per the one team that they can trade away a great player and it's not going to affect them is the Kansas City Chiefs because they have Patrick effing Mahomes. Like mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. Mac Jones is not Mahomes. He's not. He's not Josh Allen. He's no. not. He, he's not Aaron Rodgers. And he's his greatest Tom Brady. Ty- right. Like, and his greatest Tyreek Hill is Shime. Look at what they've been able to get out of Pacheco and McKinnon and Edwards Hilaire. And now they've woken up Smith Schuster and Valdez Scantling and, and every other receiver. A, they make a nothing trade names. for Kadarius yeah. Tony, who has a ton of talent and just can't stay on the field. It's like, wh- and want it out. What if they unlock him? That, that offense is Patri- even scarier. What if the Patriots had traded for a guy like Kadarius Tony? That's first round talent. We've seen him on the field and he is awesome. On yeah. the field, he just hadn't been able to stay on the field. He was kind of feuding with the Giants for an office or, or coaching staff or whatever it was. It needed a new seat, new, new, just needed a new scenario, needed a new uh, scenery, change, change of scenery. scenery. Like it's, it's, it, it's infuriating to me that the Patriots just sat on their hands and did nothing. You needed to, you needed to invest in your future or sell and, and plan for the future, and you did neither of them. So, can I spin it Fitzy style? Of course. Do, do they maybe just have more faith in this team than we do more faith in the young players that Jack Jones, Cole Strange, Ramondre Stevenson, Christian Barr, more over the second half of the season are going to blow up. And I'm asking a question because just to answer my own question, I don't believe my own crap, but is, is that a, a possibility? 
But you, you know, think Andy, like, hold on. You you said that and said, can I, can, you wanted to come over onto my sidewalk, my side of the street, where we usually have better snacks. It's sunnier. The grass is very green, recently clipped even on top of it And our life all. is a lie. What? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, that's that's okay. You think it's the Truman Show for Patriots fans. It's too bad. The other side, yours looks like the haunted mansion with like the dog chain on the front lawn and the broken, like beware of dog sign and the chain link fence that has like socks and shoes and blood on it. I get it. That's fine. You came over to my side of the street. Notice it was you who had to suppose that's what would come from my side of the street. Because even I don't believe that that's how the <laughs> way the rest of the season is going to play out. Even I, even me and the fraud squad could not possibly believe that all of a sudden Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton, and then all the free agents you got last year from Bourne to Aguilar, Hunter Henry to Janu and beyond are just going to wake up and light this shit up. It's not going to happen. Wait, if, aren't if you the same people that told me that Cameron, Cameron McGrone is going to be their athletic linebacker? He's like an extra draft pick this year. He's awesome. You, oh, because you've never gotten anything wrong before. Never. Not <laughs> That's once. not true. Never. Not once. Not once. De so delusional. <laughs> Andy, Andy never wrong, only early. That's right. Never wrong, only Still early. Still waiting for that John Smith uh, breakout. Yep, <laughs> tragic in his deluded state of self-inflated importance. Unbelievable. So is Bill Belichick waving the white flag on the season then? No, 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 because he didn't trade. He didn't sell. No, like, they're board weighing. They're sitting on the fence. Yes, that's like, what makes ah, it so we'll god. That's what makes it so goddamn confusing. Yes, is it's like you're not waving the white flag because you didn't sell and you didn't get ready to prepare for your future, mm -hmm. but you're also, you didn't buy. So that means you don't think you're a great team because you didn't try to win at all this year and compete. So what the hell are you doing? A rudderless ship. That's what it feels like. It's, it's, it feels the, like it's like, it's, this. it's the shrug emoji. They just kind of shrug emojied the deadline. Like Miami goes and gets one of the most dynamic pass rushers and defensive linemen in the NFL. doesn't even have to give up that much. In, in, oh. in exchange for him. Sure, it's going to cost an arm and a leg uh, and a lot of Stephen Ross's money to resign him and make him a part of the future there. Fine, they can do it. Stephen Ross is was... on a rookie contract. Of course yeah. they can do and it. And Stephen That's Ross will point. gladly spend like he's running Golden State. He didn't give a shit. No, uh, and Jalen Waddle also on a rookie contract. So what is Miami right? doing? Maximizing their assets. Yeah, now I don't know how signing a Roquan Smith is going to potentially affect, you know, bringing LaMarvelous back to Baltimore. Yeah, that's, I, that feels like an all-in move for this season. I don't know how that's going to impact them going forward. Well, a second and a fifth may also be the, we like this guy so much and the, Defense has been an issue at times to such a degree with our leaky secondary that it's worth not only now, but also spending this much draft capital to get first kick at the can of signing him. Maybe he likes it so much. Yeah, it's it's tough. To, I know this isn't a Ravens podcast, but it's tough just because you have to sign Lamar and you have to sign Roquan. There's only one uh, uh, franchise tag. So if you can't get one of them done, one of them gets to just walk. He'll get yeah. one of them done. Probably, think, but yeah. I, I think they find it. Man, I, who knows how much other salary they'd possibly shred or shed in the interim, but Pats do nothing. And Woo. why do you guys think, why listeners, do you believe the Patriots did a whole lot of nothing? A lack of faith in the team, a thorough belief that they're all going to ascend, pop, go off and blossom with the great draft classes they've had. I don't know. All I know is that it feels pretty frustrating because here we are talking about all the awesome moves other teams made and not any of the moves whether building for the future or going for it now, the Patriots made. I just don't see how they're going to possibly vault past any of the teams in the AFC East the rest of the way, especially if Zach Wilson gets benched for Joe Flacco. Well, you can argue that 
So the Bills twice, the Dolphins once, and the Vikings once. Mm-hmm. Four games out of your final, what do we have left? Nine. Nine games. Nine Almost games half of the remaining work. games, those teams look to improve. And, like, I think the Vikings. TJ Hawkinson really, improves your team. Yes. I mean, the, if, if they can't win with the, I don't care that that game is a primetime game. Like, that offense is is up there with one of the more ridiculous offenses in the NFL right now with the talent they have Agreed. for Kirk Cousins. So like, and Bradley Chubb, I mean, that's one of the top three to five pass rushers in the NFL right now. You're not only going to have to face him one more time this year, you're going to face him in perpetuity for the next mm-hmm. few years. <laughs> Mac mm-hmm. Jones. Um, I just, that right there is the disheartening part. Like you're watching not only major moves across the league, arguably, probably inarguably, the most active trade deadline ever. Bill Belichick used to be the most active coach at the trade deadline years ago. Always, right? Aqib Tlaib. Up, oh, we need a corner. Go get Aqib Tlaib. Or the Jonathan Casillas and those yep. various moves, Kyle Vano, whatever. He did nothing, and half of your opponents went out and got better, some of them significantly. Especially the opponents you face twice a year, every year. The Bills mm-hmm. add Naheem Hines. They're trying mm-hmm. to get better. Miami adds a second pass rusher now to pair with Jalen Phillips. That's an awesome pass rushing duo that you now have to face twice a year, every year, including still one more time this year. Yep. So it's like, it just feels like you are just sitting in place and just, eh, yeah. I'm just going to let everything watch. We'll just watch everything pass me by. Just refreshing the timeline before we wrap this segment and head to the final leg of this podcast. Friend of the show, Chris Mason from Mass Live just tweeted out moments ago. I don't mind the Patriots standing pat at all. You're four and four. Roll with what you got to see where you land. So I guess that's what happens. I'll They're guarantee gonna... where you land. Middling team that doesn't make the playoffs. So, so Okay, it. so I'll if this is a development. Right now, they don't make the playoffs. And yeah. if this is a development year Welcome where you got to see who you got and what you got and how what kind of future they'll have with you, don't you want to make a couple, maybe one or two moves to try to support these players to make them look uh, the best they can or, you know, bolster their confidence going forward? No, I, w- I don't even care about that. I'd be okay with trading a receiver so I can make sure Tyquan Thornton gets all the reps. Yep. Like, those types of moves. I would have been okay with those types of moves and adding draft capital because I'm investing in the young player to play now. Then next spring, I add another couple picks. And as we talked about earlier, with Matt Grow, Bill Belichick, this collaborative Elliot Wolf, they've done pretty good the last three years drafting. So you give them extra picks to work with or hell, use those picks later in offseason trades if you want and maneuver that way. I don't care. Um, yeah, it's not it's not the end of the world right now, I, I don't think, if you're a Patriots fan. But it's hard to really feel good about what's going on. Like, oh, wow, great. The Jets lost to us, so we're 500. So, And then we didn't really do anything, even though other teams in our division are doing Like, what are you happy about if you're a Patriots fan right now? I have the answer, and I'll answer it in potpourri. Oh, well, there we go. That's a big market tease right there. Don't forget, share, rate, review, subscribe. Give us all the follows you possibly can at Six Rings Pod. He's at Jumbo Hard. I'm at Fitzy GFY. That's at Shime Time as well. The Fraud Squad, the Troll Patrol, and the DVOA Holes. We got you covered. Every aspect of Patriots Talk right here on the Six Rings Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
All right, and now it's time for everyone's favorite regularly recurring segment here on the Six Rings podcast, Pat's Puri, the potpourri of Pat's Nation, where we dip into the grab bag and see what else was left over and worth discussing. And I'll start with a little breaking Patriots news here, guys, from at Mike Reese, who's been getting the business from uh, Isaiah Wynn recently. Uh, gotta love Mike Reese. Anyone who gives Mike Reese the business just obviously must be tool. having a bad day or happen, be having issues even I can't address. Undrafted rookie center slash guard Hayden Howerton. Hayden Howerton from SMU, who spent training camp with the Titans, is expected to join the Patriots practice squad. The Pats saw Howerton play well at the East-West Shrine game. They have a need for depth with Chasen Hines on IR and David Andrews injured. So why make any moves at the trade deadline, guys, when you can get <laughs> Hayden Howerton? Is that the uh, the name? Yeah. I don't even know why I'm That's like, that's when you're just like, that's the name of somebody where it's just like, um, oh, uh, guys, they um, the Howertons are the rich family that give out the tiniest Absolutely. candy bars on Halloween. Yep. And like you just like and their son is a douche. Yeah, you know, Hayden's like, a douche. He plays lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a lot. Uh, maybe bro. he's a nice person, but I'm just I'm sure I'm, he is. Uh, we're John Hughes, you know, James Spader stereotyping here. But exactly. just like, oh, Hayden Howerton, Howerton. now so joins your Patriots. Patriots didn't make a move. All right, immediate impact Hart. assessment. We go to Andy Hart. Andy, the Hayden Howerton impact. Back to you, Fitzy. I feel like we're the – I know we just beat the Jets. I feel like we've become the Jets. No, the Jets have a more talented roster. I meant oh. the Jets of old, Andy. Oh. Okay. oh the, I feel like we're, we're now, falling into that. So we're the – so uh, Shime, it's very funny because I had one Jets fan that I interviewed in the parking lot before the game tell me, he's like, well, you know, you can't spell Pats without past, which is what you guys are living in. And I was like, ooh, that's actually, that was pretty good. Uh, and, I, and then I returned with, well, you can't spell Jets without Jest, which is what you've played in for decades now. Um, and we, and <laughs> both we are had, true. Both are, both are very true as well. But that concerns me a little bit, like, or, or maybe a lot bit. Like, where I like, uh, I'm We're getting just like, like I'm like getting advancement itchy. Anyone else? Anyone else getting itchy or antsy oh, wait, for just wait, like not a laughing stock yet? That's strong. That's ah, strong. It's because getting there. It, but you're a 500 team. You're a half game out of the playoffs. Like mm -hmm. the True. the facts of the situation. Like forget how you kind of feel about the, the quarterback and everything. The rock, yeah. All of that. Like and even last year, even the last three years. Oh, Cam Newton sucked. They were so not fun to watch. That is 100 percent true. They won seven games. Like. You're not in that three win, like you're not in the first pick, pick conversation. Yeah. And that is not yet. Right. And, and, and maybe that's a problem. Maybe, maybe that's an issue if you kind of middle it for too long and don't get what you need. Um, but the, the jet, <laughs> what are you giggling at? I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at all of the, all of the, the comments on the Hayden Howerton thread from Mike Duck boats. Who cares about Chubb? We got Howerton. <laughs> like, Those are the proper Patriots responses. Fans, like Andy, we're weird. It's weird though because like Shimes is laughing stock. You clap back at that a little bit, or just like tell him to pump the brakes. But like Pat's fans are now in the I need to make myself laugh about all this because it's just such a strange place to be in. Like, it's where so are weird. we still in? It's like one of those things in Star Trek where they like fly through one of those like nebulas where it's like. You're not in, you're, you're just like in this weird void of the galaxy where you're neither here nor there, forward or back in, in a time you can keep, take capsule of. Like, it's very strange. So uh, something just hit me. 
because it is mediocrity. It's not bottoming out. It's mediocrity. Yep. But you remember what got Pete Carroll fired? Going mediocrity. Yeah. Mediocrity. A team that got progressively worse over a couple years span wasn't terrible, but was mediocre. Mm-hmm. And that got him canned. And I'm not saying Bill's going to get canned. I'm just saying the difference, obviously, is the 20 year legacy of success that he has that Carroll did not have. Well, yeah, but the other, like, it's, it, I mean, you see coaches across the league get canned for even slightly above mediocre yeah. play year in and year out. Look at Mike Zimmer last year with the Vikings. You look at, um, the uh, Marv Lewis with the Bengals had a bunch of, they just, they could, they were slightly, slightly above mediocre, especially in the regular season, but guys like that get canned all the time. Jason. What about the guy, what about the guy that Matt, uh, what about the guy Patricia replaced? Um, Yeah. Jim Caldwell. Yeah. Nine wins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like it, it, it happens all the time in the NFL. So if you are going to become a team that just lives in mediocrity, a, as a fan, how can you enjoy that? And B, as a franchise, how can you stand that? Like a franchise that has meant or, or just expected so much, and and especially when it came to winning and just competing. What would you guys say? Um, another somebody I spoke to before the game, a diehard Pats fan, somebody heard me talking to a couple of Pats fans who were talking about the fact that the Patriots might lose Sunday and the Jets probably are a better team now. And he was just sort of at this weird point of acceptance. And this guy overheard me and said, Hey, how many Super Bowls did they won? How many Super Bowls has Bill won? And goes yeah. on to say, like, if, you know, well, I'm just saying, Andy, like, there's that crowd out there. Like, we were talking about how the opinion war on Mac Jones has now separated people into Mac apologists and, you know, Mac believers and the Mac haters and the Zappy Hour people. Then there's the Belichick's lost his marbles. That one caller last weekend who said he was in cognitive dissonance, I believe it was, yeah. Allison in Cambridge, which was such a strange call, but also... Uh, not maybe, maybe not strange if I just sort of had a greater understanding of what that meant for his mental state. But then there's the guys that are like, ah, he won us six Super Bowls. He's got eight overall. Uh, you know, if he wants to crash and burn, trying to, you know, going through trial and error, that's the way it's got to be. You never go against Bill. He's done so much for us. Like, how many different riffs can we possibly manage in Patriots Nation at a time? I just think that's that's such a loser mentality. I just, and I think, you know, who would call that a loser mentality? Bill. Yeah, Bill Belichick. Like he's built a career on not what you've done, but what you're gonna do, what you're capable of doing right now, the way you've reestablished yourself for this year and this team. Plus, just look back, all the greats crash and burn. Like you have to move on from Chuck Knoll and Tom Landry and Don Shula. You move on because and and for a team like say the Cowboys, they moved on to Jimmy Johnson. And what did that ignite? A dynasty. Like the moving on was part of what they needed to get through to well, get that in a Herschel Walker trade. Well, but who did that? Jimmy Johnson. Like, that's my point. Like you, you have to take that next step toward greatness. And this took a weird turn. I don't know how we got here quite honestly, but that mentality bothers me. Like that Raiders mentality of, of team of the decades and commitment to excellence. And you're like, wait, what decade was that? When was the last time you were the team of the decade? Like that was 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Like, and, and that's the problem. Some of these teams are forced to live in the past. I joked about it, Fitzy, with you mm-hmm. and the Bears with the Mike Singletary and Walter Payton and Mike Ditka shirts and jerseys and sweaters. Mm-hmm. That's sad. And I don't like... Okay, so now I'm spinning it positive because I'm big on the jersey thing. I think you can... Stories can be told through jerseys and who fans buy and what jerseys are in the crowd and, and you know, these various things. The jersey from the Browns with all the quarterbacks on it. 
And I've always said, if you're a Patriots fan this year, like what jersey are you buying? And I, I wasn't sold on the Mac jersey. And there was other jerseys. I have a jersey. Ramondre Stevenson, if you're a parent, buy the damn jersey. Because the guy is not only going to be good for the Patriots for the next two and a half years, he may be good beyond that. I can't guarantee where he'll be good beyond that, but he'll be good regardless. The kids these days, they wear jerseys of all players, not just the is He is Mm. the best running back you've drafted since Curtis Martin. Oh, Uh, uh, easily. Yeah, easily. And he's also, Shime, I didn't bring it up during our Mac Jones segment, but we talked about it Sunday night, and I even threw it Fourier's way, like, you want to fix this offense right now or you want to stabilize it and allow Mac to make some baby steps, you know, back to where he was or even forward beyond what he had accomplished in his rookie season, run the whole damn offense through Ramondre Stevenson, like make him the focal point of the really offense. Great. I compl- I think we are all completely in agreement on, on, on focus on Ramondre, but like the Patriots then just, eh, we're just going to keep Damian Harris until his contract runs out this year. Why not like trade him? Give give Ramondre even more opportunity to to just show you ways in which you can run your offense through him the rest of the season, right? Like like Andy talked about trading away one of your receivers to allow Tyquan Thornton more reps. Why wouldn't you like in a season mm-hmm. like this? It would be the perfect opportunity to just sell Damian Harris, get some kind of return because he'll go to some playoff team, and then you can focus on learning how to utilize Ramondre Stevenson to his absolute peak. And then when you need someone to spell Ramondre, you just trot out the other person that has Harris on the back of his jersey and no one notices the difference. Yeah, well, exactly. that's what I would do. I see, 100%. To me, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be about, like, I think Ramondre is going to be a centerpiece player for the next um, two months. I think you saw that even this week. The, the difference I would say is I don't think Harris is going to take away from him. I think he's going to be the guy that spells him and gives him a, a break, but mm-hmm. I'd be fine with Pierre strong and Kevin Harris being that guy. They have those two active, mm-hmm. knock some rust off. Yep. Guess what? There's a good chance. Each of them will fumble. There is a really good chance. Each of them will fumble over the next two months, but there's also a good chance. Max Jones will throw an interception and you're not going to bench him. So, and who knows? You might even, right. you might even, if let's, you give so let's find out, yeah, let's find out what they yeah, can do. You, you might find out that one of them is like a serviceable back and it's like, or okay, more. if any, yeah, or more, or you find out you have a second Ramondre Stevenson. Like right. that's like, <gasps> that's why, that's why I don't understand why, like you have to either commit to this season or commit to learning what your future holds. And to me, it feels like they didn't do either. But let's not play Kendrick Bourne and then leave him to stand at his locker and answer more questions about diminished playing time and wanting to be there. And well, him to be like fair, he's playing now. But he's not getting any targets. But and he's oh, being I, such I, a, I didn't say that, he's but being he's such he's, a good guy and a loyal soldier and like saying, like, I just want to be here. I love everything. I agree with everything Bill does. Everything Bill says, like he knows he, this is the way it should be. Like right now he's boobs on a bull. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I never really heard it phrased that way before. It took me a I didn't second. I want to say I the th- T word. Yeah, fair enough. Felt That's a bit fair enough. Poker. Right. Uh, okay, I got you. I mean, well, this is sometimes this is treated like a poker room, so I I, uh, okay. I understand. A um, couple other ones, real quick. Um, next year, your offensive coordinator. I don't know who it's going to be or how the offensive brain trust will evolve. I can tell you who it's not going to be. Billy O, because Bill O'Brien will be the next head coach of the Auburn Tigers. War Eagle. Wait, did that get announced today? Did I miss this? Good for Billy O. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys. Uh, 
I cannot wait for the first Auburn Alabama Bill. Oh, that's gonna be Nick Saban. awesome. <laughs> I, I like that's Tremendous. one of the things I, I think has been criminally underrated is how good of a coach Bill O'Brien actually was. Like with the Texans teams that he dealt with and the quarterbacks that he had on yes. those teams, the way he was able to win games and make the playoffs year in and year out, and the job he did at Penn State and all that, like unbelievable. He's been I, a I don't, he unless, coach. He doesn't get hold on. unless unless just Unless I Did you get Adar and Schefter? Unless, unless, unless there was a complete troll job. Unless there was a complete troll job by this one. Come on, um, I mean, it's, no, I've seen it all. I've saw it all over. Do they have the, blue check marks that they paid twenty bucks to get? See, that's the thing. They haven't had. Uh it's uh, maybe it's maybe it's still just like bubbling over. I don't know if I got if I got Adam uh, Schefter. You got Adar. Well, Schefter. Auburn fired Brian Harson. So no, I know. Two years uh, after they fired Gus Malzahn, and they're now paying thirty-five million dollars in buyouts to those two men. All right, let's let me let me walk it back. Um, yeah. which actually segues nicely Three, into our last two, little bit of. I hate you. No, we're leaving this. You got me so excited. I think Bill O'Brien could be the next head coach of Auburn, which would be amazing. Uh, yes, so I could I guarantee you? Oh, shut up. It's a lot of work that goes into this. We're always trying to find something interesting to talk Jeez, about. I apologize. He'll read whatever you put in front of him. <laughs> This has been the Seven Rings podcast, New England. Uh, I, it, well, okay. Well, maybe ready. these things happen. All right. Maybe I got clickbaited. All right. Well, like still, imagine, imagine if it is Bailey Zappi inserted as permanent starter for the New England Patriots. Guys, yeah, what, else you got? what else you got? Uh, US ima- and do you China believe joining forces? Well, actually, country. Uh, actually, guys, we're at war with uh, a new this new country called South China. Wow, oh, perfect, crazy. perfect. Uh, yeah, it's good. Well, actually, we'll we'll finish up with this. Um, here's a chance for everyone to play a fun little game called Walk It Back. Okay. If there's something Ooh, yeah. you've said recently on the podcast, a take, a prediction, uh, I will now walk back, having possibly been Adam Shuftered or Rup Sheeted on the Bill O'Brien news. But when he gets hired, then I'll actually have to walk back my walk back. It's a double walk back, Andy. Uh, can I, can I go first? I, wanna, I would like, I, I, actually Shime, I think you and I should jump hand in hand or go off the, oh, off yeah, the ledge right. Thelma and Louise style on our Las Vegas Raiders will be the most in, impossible to defend third down offense in the NFL this year. And the Hunter Renfro 800 yard receiving prop is the fastest cash in your bank ever, because what a shit show that this, this, this unit. And like, it's, I, man, maybe I'm just wrong on Josh McDaniels. Maybe I don't like, it's weird because he has this knack for being able to get terrible players that should have like no business being on the rosters, be good. IE Matt Collins. And then has this other knack of making amazing players feel like they shouldn't be there or don't exist. IE Devonte Adams. I don't, it's the most baffling thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like roster, if you just look at it on paper, I'm like, wow, this team is dynamite. And they can't win NFL games to save their lives. They can't get an offense going. Darren they Waller is like lost at the shopping mall. Um, Devontae Adams, like they, they got nothing there. They got put on the schneid. No points against the Saints. I mean, that's just that was they didn't get over on, the 50 yard line until after the two minute warning in the fourth quarter when Derek pathetic. Carr had already it's, been pulled. I'm from shocked the game. Mark Davis didn't fire him there. Andy, oh. why can't Josh McDaniels make this work? And, and no need for the whole like, yeah, he'll be your coordinator again next year. What the hell is the problem with them? Do we have to wait till next year? Could he be our coordinator <laughs> again this year? 
Um, why don't you put that on Twitter and somebody will run with it like you ran with Bill. Wait, why don't we bring Billy O'Brien back? He didn't get the Auburn job. He's still available for us. It's, you know what? It's still it. it's still a possibility. Um, no, I, I don't know what's going on with the Vegas Raiders. You know that I am a Josh McDaniels fan. Hmm. I also need to be a realist. When Josh McDaniels has not been with the Patriots, other than that short stint to open the Broncos tenure, like six games with yep. Kyle, uh, Kyle, what's his name? The Orton. guy from uh, Kyle Orton. Other than that, it hasn't worked for Josh. And I don't know that I can put my hand. Look, can he be arrogant? Absolutely. Do I think that's it? No, I don't. Do I think he's a good coach? Yes, I do. So I, the disc, and, and we all talked about the talent. I believe I thought Hunter Renfro would have 140 catches. I believe he's going to come up short of 140 catches this year. Just by about 100 catches <laughs> at it's his current weird. rate. It's so weird because it's like, I don't feel like McDaniels is doing the, uh, like the, at least the out loud arrogant things that he did in, in Correct. Denver. And it feels like he learned from that experience and he's Correct. matured. But for whatever reason, whatever is going on over there is not working. No. Um, also, I don't think any of us possibly had. Uh, comeback player of the year as Geno Smith. I would like to say I'm pretty sure Baker Mayfield will not be winning comeback player of the year. That was my prediction earlier in the podcast. Yeah, good walk back there. Yeah, that was a he's not going to be back. coming back to an NFL field potentially anytime <laughs> right. soon. Never mind winning that or, ma- or many progressive auto um, progressive insurance commercial. Side shows. note: Why yeah. did I don't believe Geno Smith should be comeback player of the year? What's he coming back from? Uh, being uh, a being on the bench, just being a yeah, like from sucking? being a stiff. Yeah. Like being written off, like that's not what that should be for. Like comeback player of the year should be somebody whose career was in like Alex Smith, who they should name yeah. it after, like injuries. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. Geno Smith does not get my vote for comeback. No, say I think right now Saquon Saquon probably gets my vote. Uh, off the top of my head, yes. He's had a lot of injuries as well. The uh, the New York uh, Christian McCaffrey could make a late season run in San Francisco. Oh man! Do you uh, speaking consider- of trades. Then, oh, there's a guy that can help my offense. He fits. Oh, I'm mortgaging part of the future. Is that really do you, smart? Yeah. Do you consider PJ Walker a comeback player? No. Okay. Then no. Nope. I, I Shime, you know He's me. Awesome, I love though. me alternative football leagues. And I that throw to DJ Moore. How about DJ Moore? Is laser. DJ Moore the in-season comeback player of the year? Y- yes. He's also the idiot. That the pass was a also true. friggin' dime. That Almost was an 70 air laser. yards in the bucket. And and to PJ Walker's credit, like not to go off on a huge tangent here, but like he's played. If people go and watch those last two games against the Bucks and against the Falcons, he's played really good football. And I understand it's only a two game span, but like he's played really good football. And he's been around the league now for a while. He's finally getting a shot. Like good for him. I, I'm curious to see if it lasts. No, nope. well, for him, I hope it does. Like it's it's right. a really cool story and a and, and a guy that seems to be really really nice. He he wrote a piece for the Players Tribune um, when he got signed by the Panthers a couple years ago, which whoa, is whoa, really, whoa. really good. Where is Shime and what have you done what? with him? Suddenly, what? I just he, really like PJ. He Walker. seems really nice, and he wrote a nice piece for the player. Like you're He's the really king nice of the He doesn't play in Boston. He he doesn't play. He doesn't. He doesn't. Play he doesn't play for the Patriots. Yeah, like, but if PJ Walker did play for the Patriots, I bet Shine would actually like him. He just you would, no no no. He would guy. be saying, "What are you doing? You're PJ Walker as your quarterback. You're going yeah, nowhere in the national. A hundred percent. I agree with you, Andy. But you guys right are now, hot. I have good hair. I'm gonna pull all of you want to know. Right you want to know who I am high on though? Cheeto Smith. He's awesome. And Taylor yeah. Heineke. How about the Taylor Heineke? His third comeback. Taylor Heineke stinks. I don't want uh, any stinks, of those you... guys. Can we be honest? Ah, like, nice stories. It. Have fun. Great. I don't want any of those guys. This season, this season stinks. And they at least uh, make Gino it Gino for MVP. That's all I'm saying. 
Oh, my God. 13 touchdowns, three picks on the season. Seattle Seahawks winning team. They are in Arizona this coming Sunday. Your New England Patriots, however, will be home against the Indianapolis Colts and Shime's new favorite quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Ugh. <laughs> what an Speaking awful of game. Yuck. What an awful nice game. Guy? Is he not a nice guy? He Why might be. A I don't know Sam out of Texas. You don't, I don't know really P.J. Walker either. No, you're right. I know nothing about them. But you know what? I like P.J. Walker. I don't like Sam Ellinger. So there you go. I also think Sam Ellinger stinks at football. At least P.J. Walker has shown in like he might just be a flash in the pan. But when he is flashing, he's fun to watch. Ellinger is not fun to watch. I do think P.J. Walker has a little like Ryan Fitzpatrick or like he's going to bounce around. Slingery kind of going to be all for it. But with a cannon for an arm and he runs pretty well, too. Right. Yeah, um, but gentlemen, we got to wrap it up. Anyone last quick call for a walk back? Um, well, I my walk back is a gentle walk back because you guys know what I was all in on was Christian Barmore. And Christian Barmore has been hurt. He's been well, hurt, though. For no, but he's years. only been hurt for two weeks. We're eight weeks into the season. He played six before that. And mm-hmm. I know he's being double teamed. I think third most in the NFL when he got hurt somewhere in that range. Um, I just I thought the breakout year that that Christian Barmore had coming was going to be a little bit more, I don't know, breakouty and more impressive. He's been fine. Again, fine. I thought he was going to be much better than fine. And I still think he's a, a good player and is going to be a really good player. But part of being great, just because they they have a double team doesn't mean, okay, I did my job. I'll tap out here. You guys get the rest of it. No, no, no. I still need you to do something when they double team you. So we'll see where Christian Barmore goes, but he's not as good as I expect him to be this year. Shine. Yeah, outside outside of the Raiders one, I don't. I feel pretty comfortable with most of my takes for, for okay. the season so yeah, far. Yeah, you know what I feel comfortable with? When are we going to do the what we feel comfortable with take segment? Uh, that'll uh, be coming up on a future Tuesday okay. slash Wednesday. Look forward to me edition. taking a victory lap for the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Eh, it's early. More that like division it. stinks. It's early. That division stinks. They only have you a 38% stink. chance to win the division. Uh, and your New England Patriots, according to something no I just read on weei.com, have a no chance to win the division and a 35% chance to make the playoffs. We'll discuss that in 35 more. 35 my come- ass. <laughs> All right. Is that a 30- real number? This has been brought to you by 35 my ass sports as well as 2400 sports. <laughs> Get me out of here. Uh, weei and Odyssey. This has been the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. We'll be back in a couple of days with our Colts. At Patriots, Ellinger versus McCorkle preview edition. Andy will talk to somebody from the Pats. We'll get in somebody to provide a little Colts perspective. It's going to be a good time on ice minus the ice. Thanks, John. Thanks to everyone who participated. Good job, producer Justin Turpin. He's at Chime Time. That's at Jumbo Heart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. Always a pleasure. Take care. Give us a follow. Good night. God bless. And as always, go Pats. See ya. See ya.